0: 1.9 High FM 101.9 101.9 High FM 101.9 High FM It is 101.9 101.9 High FM High FM High FM High FM i got the power Unleashing 101.9 megahertz of power you're listening to 101.9 FM. I'm Benji Schulman, and this is the new Blue Review. How are you doing on this uh, beautiful June Monday morning? It is fantastic to be with you. I am uh, excited to be here and uh, it's a great time to be alive in Joburg. Uh, unless, of course, uh, you are not keen on electricity, in which case it's less cool. Uh, how have you been dealing with blackouts? I'd love to know, actually, on the show today. Uh, I've been watching a lot of the residents association groups in the in Johannesburg and uh, people getting very upset. So uh, <laughs> I suppose it's always a good time to snuggle up, you know. If you uh, can't get electricity, you can uh, always chill under the covers, which is a lot of fun. So uh, that is one s- Aspect, I suppose that we can be uh, thankful for. Uh, was anybody else at the 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 Bitvest Maccabi Fun Run this weekend? Chai uh, was uh, one of the media partners there, and we were helping out with uh, with some of the you know the, the work there. Uh, In terms of announcing and uh, I saw there were 400 runners that eventually made it, including a kiddies run. And uh, it was really nice to see the whole community coming together. Lots of different organizations there that were doing it for charity. I hear from Maccabi that 60,000 Rand was raised uh, at the event, which I think is a phenomenal amount. So well done to to everyone who was involved. And there were so many community organizations, even with the station. We know uh, South African Friends of Israel was there. uh, DL Link was there woman 's Jewish benevolent was there the u j w um, as well as weso so it was really cool to see that uh, the whole community was coming together for the run and I think uh, it 's something which Maccabi seems to do uh, on a regular basis around the world so i think it 's exciting that they 've brought the concept to South Africa it does seem to have legs and uh, I think perhaps that uh, uh, you know that that it 's something that will grow. Got a great show for you lined up today. We're going to be talking about a bunch of things. I'm going to be giving you my perspective on the Joburg debacle with Dr. Paul Palazzi and uh, what should we be making of it. Lots of people giving lots of opinions. I'm going to give you mine. We're also going to be talking about Palestinians and their kites and what's going on there uh, as well as uh, talking a little bit about the history of Africa-Israel relations and looking at some uh, new interesting innovations coming out of the country. So there's lots to uh, lots to talk about and lots to engage with it's going to be great uh, looking forward to it but first we're going to take a short break and a bit of music and we'll come back and we'll be talking about this n- newest Joburg issue. From talk to music, from Johannesburg to Israel, from sport to business. This is 101.9 High fi I'm Benji Schulman. This is the new Blue Review. Welcome back to the show. By the way, if you want to be part of the show, we always encourage listener participation. 34519, that's the SMS line. You can also WhatsApp us on 0618951019. Email us on com. Tweet us at ChaiFM, and uh, you can be part of it. We're very happy to take any of your communications. We do appreciate your engagement and uh, we want to hear what you have to say. So now... Uh, everyone uh, getting their knickers in a knot uh, over what happened last week in terms of the mayor of uh, Johannesburg and uh, Dr. There's There's a lot of discussion I uh, heard on Howard's show. Uh, last week, people saying they're going to change their votes from the DA to the ACDP and, and, and all this sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, I think people have been uh, very upset around it, and, and rightly so. I think that there's some very problematic aspects. But I do want to give a little bit of perspective uh, just in terms of, you know, where do we see this as Jewish community and, and and what do we think? Because I think a lot of the headlines have been very very misleading around this issue, and so it's worth I think taking a few minutes to interrogate it. So let's go back and, and find out what happens. So basically, every single year, the South African Friends of Israel hosts an event. It's called uh, the South African Friends of Israel Conference, and it brings together people who are supportive of Israel, mainly outside of the Jewish community. There are Jewish community members who attend but mainly outside of the Jewish community to come and be part of of that community and and understand and learn uh, and and work together on, on supporting Israel in South Africa, which is what they do and they often have all sorts of topics there right they talk about business they talk about innovation and uh, how Israeli innovation can help South Africa and and all these kinds of things and they often bring greetings from different people so uh, the chief rabbi for example was there uh, there was an international rabbi who was there who brought greetings uh, the ambassador uh, brought greetings so so people come and they uh and they discuss various things and they bring greetings. And, and that's uh, what happened this year with Dr. Palazzi. So if you don't know who she is, she's actually uh, the the mayoral committee. So the mayor has his own committee that deals with different aspects of the city. And she attended the conference in, in her capacity as the mayoral committee member for community health and engagement. And originally the mayor had been invited. He couldn't attend. Then another mayoral committee member was supposed to attend and they couldn't attend. And eventually Dr. Palazzi actually came and, you know, was was part of, of of the event. She also, by the way, has engaged with a lot of other Jewish community organizations, uh, the Union of Jewish Women. I've seen her at events and uh, a variety of others, and uh, so she, so she was there, um, and and really made a, 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 a big a big difference uh, in terms of bringing a welcome to the city. She herself is is a Christian and believes uh, very much. Uh, in the same things as as we do from her Christian belief uh sense and uh, and she came and she brought greeting now the controversial aspect of her uh, uh, statement was she she brought a long greeting it was 20 25 minutes I was there and she' she basically said the things that you expect someone from a city council to say you know she said that the city is open it wants to do business it uh, is a city for all the South Africans uh she welcomed the people from Safi and right right at the end uh, she sort of made a declaration that uh, she is a friend of Israel and the city of Johannesburg is a friend of Israel and and someone in the crowd took a video of this uh, and then tweeted it and it basically sat uh, un, untouched effectively on Twitter for about 24 hours until a, a D.A.M.P. by the name of um, Yusuf Kasim. Um, actually, picked it up and and started retweeting and saying he didn't think that it was the DA position. And why is she tweeting this? And and from there it got picked up by people on Twitter, and 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 then and then there was a a statement first by the ANC and then by the EFF saying that they condemned this. This is not unusual, by the way. Uh, the EFF and the ANC often are trying to to do this kind of thing to destabilize. Uh, Herman Mashaba, because they're not obviously uh, in the in the ruling coalition, but then an additional factor which no one had come up with actually entered the fray, and that additional factor was that there was a vote coming up th- that week in the um, in the council, and the and the vote is for the budget, right? And the budget is the key thing in terms of South African law that uh, one has to, uh, you know, one has to pass in order to. Uh, in, in, in order to keep the city running. And and the city had failed to pass the budget t- twice before uh, because the DA and all of its other uh, members who are part of the coalition hadn't uh, been, they don't have the majority. They need the EFF or the ANC as well in order to pass it. So they basically have to negotiate every single time they do it. But if they take too long, then the, the city can actually go under administration in other words the province can take over the city Uh, in effect it gets run again by the ANC and so the DA uh, was very very cautious uh, and has been very cautious about trying to get the budget passed and so suddenly you had a situation where the EFF was was targeting uh, the mayor and saying that he has to actually uh, fire uh, Dr. Palazzi uh, in order to get the budget passed uh, so that's the context We're going to take a short break now And when we come back I'm going to say You know what I think But I did think it was important To get that context But we're going to take that break And then we're going to come back The best part of your day At the heart of your community All the talk All the music All the news High FM. hi fam i'm benji shulman and this is the new blue review welcome back to the show so just before the break i was giving the context as to how uh you know we were we got to the situation uh of this this craziness with with the city and 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 what had happened right so so to recap you had a tweet you had someone who said something and uh and then suddenly the eff were demanding that that the city uh uh, basically, either give the budget up and, and go to the ANC or or, or to fire her. Um, and the basis on which they they said they want to fire her was the fact that uh, she had said that the city of Johannesburg uh, was a friend of Israel. And and where I particularly disagree with the mayor on this is that his view is that the city is a non uh, is a non political entity from an international relations perspective it doesn't want to take sides uh, on the on the on the israeli palestinian uh, issue because it's not the role of the city and uh, and so he, he felt like she was making a a policy statement uh, and, and and basically ad hoc saying that, you know, suddenly the, uh, Johannesburg has an uh, international relations policy issue, uh, but that's not really, you know, her job to do it. Now, I think personally that that is a a wrong approach to what Dr. Palazzi said, right? Um, first of all, the city of Johannesburg in the past under ANC Mayor Parks town has made, Tower has made no bones about the fact that they're enormously pro-Palestinian. Uh, they tried to twin us with Ramallah. They spent awful loads of taxpayers' money, uh, to put a statue in Ramallah uh, of Nelson Mandela. And, uh, you know, so they, 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 the, the city in the past has definitely, uh, done that. And, and I think that, by the way, the way the Park Tower has done that sort of thing and the ANC have done it is completely wrong. Uh, but the, the point is, is that, the the city is in fact friends with lots of people, right? Uh, they 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 engage with ambassadors. Cities need investment. They have to talk to all sorts of people, and the city regularly meets with Israeli officials. Johannesburg City, the mayors met with. Um, with the ambassador. And so it's not wrong to say that the city has, uh, friendly relations with the Israeli state. There's actually nothing wrong with it. Does it mean that they're anti-Palestinian? Like, uh, like Parkstow would probably say that Johannesburg was anti, uh, anti-Israel? Uh, no, it doesn't. All it means is that, uh, as part of the city's outreach and engagement, they actually are friends with lots of people. And uh I, I think that that is uh, a point which a lot of people are missing. They're saying that uh, Palazzi has uh, made a, a policy statement, and I don't think that's correct, and I don't think we should accept that. Um, and we should, in fact, encourage uh, engagement between the city and all cities and Israel. Uh, I think if the city of Cape Town had been more receptive to Israeli technology, maybe they would have been able to get out of some of this mess that they have been in. So, so that, uh, I think, is the first point. Uh, the second point is that uh, now you have nonetheless a situation being made by the EFF where you do have a problem, right? The EFF is saying to the mayor that we're not going to pass this budget with you. And if we don't, then you lose the city. And all of us as residents, we would have had to live again under that awful rule of Parks uh in the city. And I, I personally am uh, happy that he's no longer the mayor. So, you know, I think that... Uh, it was, uh, you know, there, there is a a real risk that suddenly the mayor has, and 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 I think, you know, that that he had a problem. Now, do I think that the mayor was correct in the action that he took? No, I don't. Uh, I, I sympathise deeply with him, uh, but I don't believe that uh, that it was the right course of action. You know, uh, I think that one of the problems that the mayor has had, and perhaps more broadly, any of the mayors that have been running cities. In the country, uh, is, is, with the EFF is that they are the tail that wags the dog, right? Because what they do is they try, uh, using their tiny little majority, of uh, minority, excuse me. I mean, bear in mind that the EFF in the whole country only has 5% of the vote, uh, and on the city, uh, has, uh, an even less amount. And, but because they control the, the votes on the coalition, they can, they try and, kick their weight around and if you had a look at the negotiations of the budget running up to what happened in the city uh you know they had already been arguing about tariffs and who would be charged what they were trying to take uh the budget that the da-led coalition had made and actually sort of reduce it and uh and 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 change it or whatever so so anyway so they they do that and then uh, and then, and then they add something at the last minute saying that he needs to fire this woman. So basically, if you saw the EFF statement, it said that they needed to, needed to fire. So, so the first thing that, uh, Mayor Mashaba did, the first thing he did was he say, well, I'm not firing her. That's ridiculous. Uh, but it seems to be that there was this compromise where we should, where she, she would be suspended. And personally, I think that this was a missed opportunity by the mayor, right? This was a missed opportunity because bear in mind that if the city goes under administration, all of those councillors basically lose their jobs. The EFF is not a party that has a lot of money and it can't pay its public representatives very much. So they are actually very connected to the public purse. Uh, and and if they were to lose their jobs, then they lose their livelihoods, and they also have to take that into cons- into the political consideration um, when making their decisions. So the EFF uh, makes a lot of noise about the Israeli Palestinian issue. Uh, you know they they're involved with marches and and whatever. But if you actually speak to their members on the ground, most of them can't point this area out on a map. Okay, they have no idea what's going on. They're just into slogans. And uh, they just know that it's what they're supposed to be doing because the party leadership has told them to be. And and I think that this was a missed opportunity by the mayor to kick the EFF in the head and put them down to size. Because I don't believe that they really care that much about the Palestinians uh, or about the Middle East in general, that they're prepared to sacrifice uh, their careers over, over this issue. And I think that uh, given the late notice, uh, the mayor would have been very much within his powers to say that he – Is considering launching an investigation, but that there's not going to this that he's not considering this as part of the budget vote, uh, and that can you know the EFF will have to make up their mind now. Would it have been playing chicken with an oncoming train? Uh, I I agree. Uh, It wouldn't have been an easy course of action, but I think what we've seen in the interim uh, I think is is almost as bad, to be perfectly honest, because now what we have is a situation where. Actually, we have a very pro-Israel mayor, pro-Jewish community as well. Mayor Mashaba uh, has a long history with the Jewish community. If you read in the Jewish report this week, uh, I see that he had an engagement with Reva Foreman uh, back into the 80s already. Uh, He's come to numerous uh, Jewish community events, which Mayor Parks Tau under the ANC never came to, uh, and has always expressed uh, his engagement, uh, and I know uh, has worked with the community on a lot of things. So... uh, I don't think that it's correct to say that he's uh, anti-Jewish or anti-Israel. He was actually just put in a bad position. And so now what you have is a situation where uh, the Jewish community is annoyed. The Christian community, of which there were 700 uh, at that event with Dr. Palazzi, is annoyed. Uh, a good uh, counselor has been uh, suspended for basically no reason. Uh, and, and and the city has lost again to the EFF, who who now feel like they're in control and in control of this Issue uh, and and the reputation of a whole bunch of parties who actually are on the right side of this issue uh, have been tarnished. So, I, you know, I think that uh, it really is a, an unfortunate situation and one that um, one that they that that perhaps the mayor missed, even though he was in a tight spot. And this is where I think we as a community have to rethink our response. Everyone was really really angry. After this had happened, and I think rightly so, a community felt let down and uh, there's a lot of damage done. But I don't think it's worth saying that the DA is an anti-Jewish party, that the mayor is anti-Jewish. I think us as a community, we need to start standing up for ourselves. Uh, You know, how often do we know our local councillor? How often uh, are we engaged uh, with uh, our our issues how often are we running for for local politics are we part of branches as, as a community it's time for us to also get involved so that we are part of the discussion as a pa- as opposed to shouting about it afterwards and getting angry and threatening uh, the votes uh, etc I think as a community we should be focusing on the MMC she we should be reinstated that is I think the minimum uh, that that is required for someone who's done nothing wrong, uh, and and us as a community, we should be focusing on in on that and trying to see uh, how we can pressure our local representatives. Uh, you know, we all have councillors in the areas that we live. We should be voting them and engaging them and saying, "Hey, uh, what are you doing to sort this problem out?" You know. So that's uh, really what what I think about the problem. People need to calm down a little bit, uh, as as annoying as angering as it is. Uh, and, uh, and and see what we can do uh, to keep to keep the city going and, and think very seriously about who we're voting for and how we're voting uh, in terms of elections, uh, etc uh, and and look very carefully at who are the parties that are supporting Jewish interests and how can we uh, make them stronger because we're going to need to uh, as South Africa, it deals with various issues uh including what's going on with president ramaphosa and the downgrade of the embassy supposedly and all of these other things you know we need to actually be coming back into the conversation i think this is a good lesson for all of us uh to do that and we'll take a break now a bit of music and we'll come back uh when we're talking a little bit more about what's going on in the wider world Stay relevant and up to date. This is 101.9 High FM. If you want to be part of the show, you have any comments on what we're talking about today as we wend our way through uh, what's going on, please let us know. 34519, that's the SMS line. You can WhatsApp us on 61 1019 Email us on air at highfm.com. Uh, Tweet us at at GIFM, and we will happily engage with you on what is going on uh, in your world uh, at the moment. Now, uh, in some good news, it looks like a new book has been released, which is very interesting. I'm sure you've all heard of the book Startup Nation. Um, It's a a very famous book, uh, a few years old now, actually, if you think about it, uh, which is uh, all about... Basically, um, it's basically about innovation in terms of the business sector, right? That's probably where it's focused at. And it talked about how Israel went from being a desert to an innovative country at a business level. But what's interesting now is that people are taking that idea. And actually focusing it uh, on other aspects of Israeli society that are changing lives outside the business sector. So we, for example, profiled on the show before the book Let There Be Water, uh, which is a book about water and desalinization and that sort of thing. Uh, there's also been a book called uh, Thou Shalt Innovate, uh, which is uh, – also about innovation uh, in general. But this is a new book, and it's called Solution Nation, and it says one nation who is disproportionately responding to the world's most intractable problems. And basically what it's all about is trying to uh, find different uh, companies, organizations in Israel and throughout the Jewish world that are developing problems to, quote, threaten to end life itself or materially degrade the quality of life and the book is so large that it's managed to find 62 israeli companies that are developing solutions in a whole bunch of areas including blindness amputation food shortages polluted water and radioactive contamination uh which I think is a very, uh, you know, quite interesting. So I thought, you know, it's a great book, It uh, seemingly. It's written by someone called Avi Jorsesh. Uh, and apparently, uh, uh, oh no, Avi Jorsesh, excuse me, was the one who did uh, Thy Shall Innovate. It seems to have been written by David Wanatik, uh, if if that's uh, if that's how you pronounce it, and uh, it's apparently uh, got a lot of rave reviews, so I thought I'd go through some of the innovations, uh, which are actually being talked about in the book, just because I thought they were interesting, and because you know everyone needs a bit of good news on a Monday morning, uh, and it's just so cool to see what's out there, uh, what's and what's interesting. So one of the ones which is very relevant to us here in South Africa, uh, and I guess more to other parts of Africa. Uh, is uh, got to do with maize harvest. Can you believe this? 30 to 50% of post-harvest corn fails to reach the market in in, in Africa, right? So in other words, all these farmers go to all this effort to grow corn Uh, which they could be selling for their families, but it never gets to the market to be sold. Uh, And apparently a lot of that has to do with uh, rodent infections, fungus infections, uh, toxin infestations. uh, That happens when the grain is being dried and stored. And so a Tel Aviv company called Amaziz uh, has tried to resolve this problem with solar or electric-powered modular drying Disinfection and storage units that are lined with anti-algae meshes. Uh, and the unit's unique ventilation system balances the humidity and the precipitation uh, and temperature so that things don't go uh, rotten. So apparently they're testing one out in Senegal, but they believe that it could even be used to modify other for other crops in other parts of the world, such as Latin America and Eastern Europe, for things like wheat and sesame and sorghum. So that's quite interesting. Another one which I thought was absolutely fascinating is in uh, the world of um, water security. So there's a, country, a company called Nuffulation, Nuff filtration. It's N U F filtration, and uh, and and they basically had this problem of what do you do. With kidney dialysis machines Now I don't know if uh, Anyone has ever really thought about that You know obviously dialysis is Something with people who uh, Have kidney problems have to go on Uh, But what do you do With these machines after they finish Or they don't become so effective And so what this company has done uh, Is that they sanitize and repurpose These uh, machines As water purification devices Which if you think about it kind of makes sense right? Because that is what uh, dialysis machines do they, they basically clean out uh, body fluids inside the body if the kidneys are not doing that it's basically uh, the kidney is a filtration organ uh, and that is so exactly what um, a dialysis machine does and apparently there are 125 million dialysis machines that are discarded every year and so what they've done is they've, uh, they, they kind of repurpose them uh, a little bit and uh, and and put them together uh, so that a so so that they can actually um, make water pure. It says here a system with eight dialysis can cost one third of an equivalent leading filtration system and can produce eight ti- eight liters of water per minute, uh, which is easily easily enough to supply all of the daily water needs to two to three hundred people in Africa in. One hour and the the water purifiers are operated with hand pumps or solar power requiring no chemicals and little maintenance and uh, apparently are currently being used in Ecuador, Colombia, Peru, the Fiji Islands, uh, Cambodia, Vietnam, Ethiopia, Ghana, Kenya, Tanzania and Nigeria. So I thought that was a a, a pretty cool thing as well. But if you thought that was cool, um, I thought this one was uh, particularly interesting and amazing, and and certainly also worth uh, a little bit of engagement. It's a company who deals with health security, and they are called Senecio uh, from Kfar Sava, just outside of Tel Aviv. And uh, what they do is they use an existing mosquito control method. So if you uh, if you know anything about mosquito control, one of the things that they've started to do is release sterile male mosquitoes into areas where you have. Uh, mosquitoes that have malaria attached to them a the Mistopheles mosquito and it's the woman mosquito that actually does all of the, the the sending out of the malaria but of course these mosquitoes also need to mate right uh, and once they mate then they make new mosquitoes and then those mosquitoes carry on the cycle and infect uh, people and animals and so for a long time one of the ways that they've been dealing with this problem is by taking mosquitoes and uh, and and making sterile male mosquitoes and then kind of spreading them around so uh, they connect with the female mosquitoes the female mosquitoes lay eggs but nothing happens and so it's a good way of reducing uh, the amount of mosquitoes that are happening but up till now they've only been done with trucks uh, and so your area that you can actually release these male mosquitoes is very limited um And so this new company, what they're doing is actually releasing them by jet, um, which poses a lot of problems because to fling a mosquito out into the air while a jet is traveling at 250 kilometers uh, per hour is a lot of, uh, 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 you know, it's a lot for a mosquito to take if your average mosquito is chilling, you know, and then suddenly gets flung out of an aeroplane. And they're obviously very fragile insects, as anyone who has had to deal with an insect will know. Uh, And so... What what they do instead is that they've developed a bunch of algorithms and robotic processes that are set up in a, an assembly line uh, formation and uh, helps to estimate the number that are needed per area uh, and determine optimal flying routes and the times of day for release. So I think it's absolutely fascinating what people are doing in this area and really what uh, is being improved. If you want to have a look at that, check out 10 incredible Israeli firms that are transforming lives worldwide. Uh, that is on Israel. 21C will be back just after the break. A frequency like no other. 101.9 High FM. 101.9 FM. I'm Benji Shulman, and this is the new Blue Review. Uh, I have an SMS in saying, great show, Benji. Thank you, from M." Well, thank you, M. Much appreciated. Glad that you could send us in on the show uh, your views. And if you have any other views, please let us know. 34519, that's the SMS line. Uh, on Onairhaifem.com, that is our email line. Uh, WhatsApp, 061-895-1019. And, uh, yeah, SMS34519 at Chai FM. That's the Twitter. Can't forget the Twitter, man. If you forget the Twitter, goodness knows what's going to happen to you. So, uh, yeah, uh, that is what's, uh, the communication devices. We're always happy to hear from you. So please, uh, get in contact. We love to hear from you. Uh, it should be, uh, it should be grand. Now, I wanted to, uh, um, um, uh, sorry, someone, <laughs> I think it's from a previous show that someone's just sent in an SMS. Uh, I'll send that on. Thank you, Emma, uh, for sending that in. I'll send it on to a producer. Um, it's from the previous show. Um, Interesting story that I saw on the Jerusalem Post last night. So obviously, there's a big deal going on in Gaza at the moment with this kite terrorism issue that's been going on. So the, Palest- the Gazans, the Palestinians, Hamas, whoever, have sort of realised that um, that these kites are a great way to, uh, to to sort of damage Israel without getting themselves into too much trouble. Uh, they have a kite and they fly the kite. Over the over the border, and then uh, once it flies over the border, they release a uh, a, a tar or a, 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 some sort of flammable substance, and it's been causing damage to what estimates include something like two and a half thousand hectares of um, of, of 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 grassland and uh, crops and. Uh, and all sorts of things which uh, the Israelis have had to put out and people have had to flee. Uh, and the Palestinians are using these kites as a, as a way of uh, continuing uh, their assault on Israel uh, as they've done so uh, since basically the beginning of the state. And, and I think Israel's going to have to find a way uh, to deal with them uh, as, as usual. The problem, of course, is the kites are very cheap. Uh, some estimates say that there's 10 shekels uh, a kite, uh, and you can do a lot of damage as well as, as usual. Getting a good PR out of the whole thing. So basically, that is where uh, the problem lies, and we will have to see what the solution is uh, eventually. And hopefully, the solution would be that Hamas would actually prepare to make peace, but you know, we can always hope. Uh, in the meantime, however, I saw that a local kibbutz in the area, uh, which has just gone out of my head, I think it was, N- I'm pronouncing it wrong, Nevek something it's basically a kibbutz on the border and what they've done uh, is they decided to uh, play the same game uh, as the palestinians and uh, you know do do a similar kind of thing but obviously they're not interested in damaging gaza so what they've done is they've taken balloons and they filled them with sweets and and uh, uh, and different uh, edible items uh, and notes saying that they would like to make peace with Gaza and uh, try and engage with the other side and they've released these balloons uh, over over Gaza and uh, are hoping that they're going to land uh, in the Gaza strip so that kids will be able to eat some sweets uh, and hopefully read the note uh, and and see that uh, you know not so, the Jews are not so bad after all. And I thought it was a really nice way to turn around when there's like a really horrible situation uh, and maybe is a first step towards peace, uh, which I think is great. So uh, well done to you guys there. Thank you very much for listening to the show today. I much appreciated. Basically brings us to the end of the show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Mandy, who does the production on the show. Craig who pushes all the big red buttons. Uh, and thanks to Tabal, He's the station manager. Vusi, he does all of our post-production on the show and uh, thank you to you dear listeners who've tuned into the show every single week and uh, engage with us looking forward to chatting to you soon uh, on the new blue review